Hey folks, Machinery Pete here. Thanks for joining us on our podcast episode number 18 on the Machinery Pete podcast. So on today's episode, folks, uh, we're going to take a spin around farm country, a little wider look at uh, March of 2000. What an amazing month here um, that we've had to deal with uh, with the COVID-19 situation. And uh, we'll definitely talk about the auction market, what we've been seeing there, use values, uh, latest trends. But we're also, we're going to widen this out, and we're going to talk to a trucker, um, you know, right, talk about being on the front lines, right, with our emergency uh, medical folks that are, you know, keeping the hospitals going. Uh, we're, we're seeing those amazing stories, but truckers uh, keeping us keeping us all going with all the products we need, keeping the farm goods moving. Uh, I think the perception of truckers, our appreciation for them is shooting up uh, exponentially. So we'll have a fun conversation there. Um, and then also a couple of my auctioneer friends um, about what they've been seeing here in March. And also we're going to check in over in Fairmont, Minnesota, one of my longtime friends in the auction business. Um, and this whole situation is it's getting more real um, day by day, week by week here throughout March now into April. And Fairmont, Minnesota, if, if you're unfamiliar Tremendous black dirt area over there, south central Minnesota. But just in the last week, the little community there, I don't know, nine, ten thousand people, they had nine positive coronavirus uh, folks that tested positive. So we're going to check in and see on the ground what that feels like, how folks are reacting over there. And then we're going to wrap up with a Kind of a heartwarming conversation with a dealer friend of mine from Missouri. Get the feedback on what uh, farm equipment dealers have been doing um, and what they've been seeing uh, industry-wide here in the last month with the virus situation. Now, from my point of view, again, doing what I do for 30-plus years, tracking used values, it has been amazing. March 2020, you know, and and again, as things have got more real here throughout the month, um, you know, with so many question marks, I was wondering, are we going to see mass cancellations, postponements on the auction side? But the auction industry has just done a fantastic, amazing job to shift um, to the online-only method. Um, And I got to tell you, pricing has, you know, if you follow my blog, YouTube videos, uh, Facebook and Twitter here throughout March, you know what I'm going to say here is that the trend has been holding since last fall. Good condition stuff has been selling really well. Um, And again, Good condition stuff with a bit of age on it is really the hot spot. Now, just a few highlights. Um, and to start off, you know, I was also interested just basically in the traffic level to our machinerypeat.com website. And just to give you a little insight here, I've been talking about these strong pricing. Well, Saturday, March 28th, 2020, that was the highest traffic day to machinerypeat.com in six months. So people looking for equipment, good used equipment, um, that's one way to, a different way to measure the strength we've been seeing out there. But we talk auctions. Now I'm recording this. It's April 1st, uh, Wednesday, and yesterday, last day of March, March 31st. Let me just touch on two auctions, farm auctions, again, online only. Our friends at Alan Henslin uh, with Henslin Auctions. We talked to Alan in our last podcast. He's kind of up in west central Minnesota. Uh, Bird Island, Minnesota. They had a sale uh, yesterday um, that was amazing. It was a retirement sale. 
Let's find the uh, information here. That was for Jeff and Mary Walenta. And really clean equipment. Now, on the sale, folks, they had a 1992 John Deere 4555. This thing had really low hours on it, showing under 3,000 hours. It sold for 54500 bucks. Now, again, when I got looking, I mean, that's the highest auction price on a 4555 and right on five years. And the second highest price in seven years. In fact, uh, you know, just incredible. But again, if it's good condition with a little age on it, the demand for it is there. Also proved on another tractor on the sale, they had an OH on your 8430T track tractor with low hours for that 12 years old. Had 2,406 hours, second owner. That brought 120K. And exact same story there. That 120,000, it's the highest auction price on an 8430T in right on, uh, actually just a little over five years. Uh, so again, 120K was strong. I know last August, August 16th, 2019 in Grafton, Iowa, we saw a super nice one, an 06 model, 2,543 hours that did 118. And I thought that was strong. But again, 120 this Tuesday in Lake Lillian, Minnesota. And they had an older combine, a 94 John Deere 9500 two-wheel drive, 2,221 engine hours on it. That brought 37.5. Very solid price there. So again, that was Tuesday. Uh, yesterday as I record this. Meanwhile, in Illinois, our friends at Sullivan Auctioneers had an online-only farm auction in Carrollton, Illinois. Just a couple prices there. They had a 2018 John Deere 9520R four-wheel drive. Super low. 145 hours on it. That sold for 300k. And I realized that an asking price on a lot for a one or two-year-old, you know, pretty high, obviously really high. But I'm telling you, when you hit 300k hard cash on an online auction, that's you know that's pretty. That shows there's some strength in the used uh, demand. And a combine yesterday, they had a 2015 John Deere S684 wheel drive, 1257 engine hours. That sold for 16500. And a planner, they had a 2018 John Deere 1795 CCS 1631 planner, 3802 acres. That sold for 152,000. Now, if we go back last week a little further to Wednesday, so this would have been March 25th, you might have caught this blog I wrote, and I found this one pretty indicative, again, of just the trends I've been seeing out there. So this was a sale out in, in Wilshire, Ohio, by our friends at uh, Schrader Real Estate and Auction, a great company out there out of Columbia City, Indiana. And I talked to my good friend Ritter Cox, one of the auctioneers with Schrader. I mean, Ritter's a good dude. And this was a consignment sale. That was supposed to be on March 21st, an annual spring sale in Wilshire, Ohio. And I think Ritter said it was like the 13th annual, something like that. So I think they had over 800 pieces possibly on this sale, if I'm recalling right from talking to Ritter. And they decided to move the sale to give it a little more time for online bidding. They pushed it to Wednesday, March 25th. And they had extra people, and they had 10 people working the phones taking phone bids. And Ritter said 70% of the items sold to phone bidders. And just to give you an idea on how this sale went, and again, you might have caught my blog on this, but they had a 1984 John Deere 4450 mechanical front, super sharp rig, 5,405 hours, so low hours, but not ridiculously low. And that brought 56000 bucks. So 56 k on a 4450 Again, almost the same as on the other sales I mentioned. That's the highest auction price in four and a half years. You got to go back to 
October 28th of 2015 on a farm auction in Edinburgh, North Dakota. We saw a 44.50. That one only had 2,400 hours and went for 60. So again, 56K last uh, Wednesday in Wilshire, Ohio. Pretty darn strong. And a couple other hot ones on that sale. They had a 02 New Holland TG230 tractor. 1,572 hours, kind of a cool custom black paint job with a with like an Indianapolis 500 racing flag on it. <laughs> it looked cool. I don't know who did it, but that sold for 64000 which again on a TG230, 64K is the highest in seven years. And again, I mean, this is last week. All this stuff, the stock market's crashing, all this, you know, we're, we're told to stay at home, and but the demand for good use is still there. And if you're wondering how it's maybe touching on the, the vintage tractor market, that same sale last Wednesday had a 71 model Minneapolis Moline G950 restored. Now, it was red and white. It was in the cockshut paint scheme with the Minneapolis Moline. Uh, it was a Minneapolis Moline. And that brought 13.5, which is the second highest the past 20-plus years on a G950. So, again, that was strong last Wednesday. It's a good condition use, holding strong. Uh, now, just a couple other examples uh, from recently. You might have saw the note I posted on use planners. So the last 30-plus years, I've been doing this every day, tracking all these auction prices. Well, guess what? 20,000-plus auction prices on planners, and the two highest I've ever seen both this year. And the most recent one was March 12th, back right near where I grew up, Starbuck, Minnesota, uh, Pfeiffer Auctioneers had this sale, and they had a 19 model John Deere DB60, 36 row, 20 inch, just under 1,900 acres, sold for 235,000. That's the second highest auction price ever on a planner that I've seen. Only topped by the one January 25th of this year in Paris, Missouri. Good friends, uh, Chaz Wheeler with Wheeler uh, Real Estate and Auctions. They had a 19 model DB60. Uh, let's see, that was a 24-row, I believe. Yeah, 24-row, 30-inch, 19 model. That brought uh, 4,500 acres on it that sold for 240000 bucks. So, again, these are some of the prices I've been seeing here the last couple weeks. But now, again, let's take a spin around farm country and, and get the pulse here. Um, and we'll start off with a conversation I had with Les Yaw from down in north-central Iowa. Now, Les is a trucker. He's been at it for many years, and I got connected with him through Facebook years ago. Les would send me awesome pictures from his, you know, his travels around the country. So I was curious to see what Les was seeing as a trucker out there the last few weeks. Hey, folks, I want to welcome our next guest, Les Yaw, a trucker from Sheffield, Iowa. Uh, Les, I, as busy as you are, I appreciate you joining us tonight. Well, thank you, Pete. We appreciate the interest in what's going on out here. Unless you've been, uh, now, or let's start off with the basics here. You live in Sheffield, Iowa. You've been in the trucking yep. biz how long? Uh, about 13 years. Okay. And uh, who are you working for now? I'm driving for Ruan uh, Logistics and Transportation. Uh, they're based in Des Moines. That's the headquarters. But my terminal's in the Mason City, Clear Lake area. Okay. And what are you, uh, what are you hauling these days? Uh, I'm on a dedicated route for the last seven years. I've been hauling liquid eggs uh, from a large egg farm down east of Des Moines about an hour to a, a 
big uh, food processing plant up uh, northwest of Mankato, Minnesota. Okay. Uh, myself and about, uh, let's see, there's 14 of us out of our terminal haul from that farm, and then there's another farm over towards Corwith that we haul out of, and then several farms over uh, in uh, eastern South Dakota. Okay. And as the uh, the virus situation the last few weeks here, has that changed anything within the business in terms of your your schedule or, or whatnot? Yeah, it's uh, changed dramatically because of the cutback in the restaurant business. The plant that uh, myself and several other drivers have been hauling to have mostly done restaurant uh, eggs, but... Uh, with all the restaurants shutting down or cutting way back, uh, the customer had to figure out a different means of handling all of the eggs because you just can't tell the chickens to whoa. Right. So uh, they've gone from a refrigerated product up in Minnesota. We're hauling out to a plant in eastern Nebraska now that most of their production is frozen and dried eggs. Okay. And then they've got a much about... Uh, I'd say uh, about three or four months worth of shelf life as opposed to several weeks when right. it's uh, refrigerated. Okay. So, Les, what have you been seeing? I mean, we've all been reading about, you know, I mean, you folks are keeping us moving here. Um, what have you been seeing or hearing from your trucker friends around the country here the last couple of weeks, things you've been noticing that are different or just observations? Well, there's been a change in attitude uh, of the public about truck driving. I mean, there's always been people that appreciate and, sure. and know that if you got it, it probably came on a truck at some point in time. Yep. Uh, up in northern Iowa, along the interstate, there's one particular bridge uh, between the casino in northern Iowa and uh, the truck scale along I-35. And for the past uh, 10 days, I would say, there's been at least one person. And then tonight, there was two people up there with the big flagpole with the big three-foot by five-foot American flags mm. up there. One for the southbound lanes and one above the northbound lanes. And they're standing above the bridge waving the flags at us. And, right. and uh, that's much appreciated. So. Yeah, um, I know I've seen on Twitter some uh, a clip yesterday of some people just out standing by the highway off their farm and just, you know, basically cheering, cheering you guys on yep. as you go by. Um, you're hearing that from around the country, your, your friends? Yep, uh, pretty much. Um, the uh, trucker's favorite space to get pulled into is, of course, the scales, the DOT inspection stations. And down in Des Moines last week, the Iowa Motor Truck Association took two days out and uh, one day for the westbound traffic and then uh, the next day for the eastbound traffic they bought a thousand cold uh, sandwich meals from a, a Ankeny deli and mm. had them in boxes and gave them out to the truck drivers as they went across the scale oh. and then uh, they have uh, on the other end of things, they're concerned about sanitary uh, conditions, want to keep things sanitary and whatnot. And yep. The over-the-road truck drivers are finding it harder and harder to find truck stops that still offer uh, showers. Mm. Uh, the truck stops will um, give out 
free showers if you buy at least 50 gallons of diesel fuel in one stop. And uh, most of those uh, people have stopped doing that. And uh, as a matter of fact, in Pennsylvania, the Pennsylvania Turnpike has got beautiful uh, service centers along it. And that's one of my favorite stretches. But uh, they've shut them all down. Uh, I've heard that they were planning on reopening them. But they were shutting them down and then setting out uh, porta pots uh, mm. for uh, us to use. But, wow, uh, I've been hearing about uh, challenges to get to get food. I mean, when you when you guys are rolling uh, with restaurants shut down and can't get through the drive-throughs, how, how has that all been? It's been a challenge. Um, a lot. Well, almost every gas station, truck stop, or travel center, as they like to call themselves now. Uh, they used to have roller grills where they'd have hot dogs, uh, uh, little egg rolls, uh, wrapped up uh, pancakes with a sausage inside of them that you could grab and go. Sure. Um, but those are out of out of order right now uh, because they don't want open food. You can't uh, go to a gas station, a travel center that's got a, a bakery case and and have a single serve where you reach in and grab something that's got to be already in a prepackaged thing that you can pick up and go. A lot of the restaurants, of course, you can't sit down at. So some places you got to try to get stuff from the uh, drive-up window. Yeah. And when this first broke out, uh, <laughs> was, there was a couple of places that the truck drivers wanted to stop at a fast food joint and, and get a, get something to go, and they walk up to the drive-up window, and the people would say, no, 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 you got to have a vehicle to pull up here. And they i got a truck. It's not going to fit in here. So <laughs> I heard that, that was that happening. Quite a bit. I heard that was happening. I almost couldn't believe it, but uh, but that was, you were hearing yeah. the same? Okay. Well, did, yeah, but uh, now we've got some, some people. Uh, there's been a couple of places where, if you drive in a truck, you stop in their restaurant, or not their restaurant, but their fast food place, and they'll give you a free meal uh, nice. because they they appreciate us uh, being out there uh, trying to trying to refill the shelves. Yeah. I'm surprised. Uh, I when I'm I've got my day off, I usually go on an early morning toilet paper hunt. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm surprised at how bare the shelves are. Wow. So hard to find down there in Sheffield, Iowa, too, huh? Yeah, yeah. I go clear down to Iowa Falls and up to Mason City. And and we uh, yesterday, my wife and I went clear down to Ankeny and, and uh, was looking around just to see what we could see and different sites. But, uh, yeah, uh, no, nothing paper product to be had. I bet you never thought you'd drive to Iowa Falls looking for toilet paper, huh, Les? <laughs> <laughs> no, and it, too bad the corn crop's not uh, up and mature. I'd have had corn cobs out here. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now, it must have, what was the date less on when the president came out with the change to the uh, trucking regulations? Was that like middle of March, 12th or 13th or something? Uh, March, uh, I believe it was March 13th. He signed the emergency declaration. And what uh, walk us through for, for those not in the industry, what that changed? Well, uh, drivers are restricted to um, driving no more than um, 11 hours a day. Uh, drivers can only work 14 hours a day, uh, and in that 14 is 11 hours of driving. 
and we can only work 70 hours a week. Now, I'm not totally sure on how this restriction goes because most of us uh, with the newer trucks have got an electronic logbook in our yeah. in our truck that's on a tablet, and so that's that's uh, the the little uh, law enforcement officer in our cab. Yeah. But it's our understanding that a lot of those hours have been waived, and in the state of Iowa, the governor signed an emergency declaration that. Uh, put on the, what we usually call the harvest time weight limits on uh, state highways. Mm-hmm. You're still restricted on the interstates because uh, that one hasn't been waived. But on the state highways, we can haul hard, uh, higher uh, weight limits, um, which okay. is kind of challenging. This morning I was looking at a uh, nine-ton axle weight limit up in Minnesota, and I'm Okay, am I covered with the emergency mm. emergency declaration or not? Right. Well, Les, what uh, you know? What, I guess just wrapping up here. What is your take or your hope or your takeaways here as we go forward into the unknown? What what would what do you say to people out there about this situation? Well, my, I, as I'm sitting here in my living room and I'm seeing the guy that farms our farm ground out here. He's got faith that things are going to get turned around. He's getting out ready to go out there and plant corn and uh, uh, fertilize uh, if he hasn't already, and I know he has. Uh, They're going to be planting soybeans. Um, The food is there. You can't turn the chickens off. You can't turn the cows off. You can't turn the pigs off. Uh, the, The food's in the system. It's in that chain from birth to from the farm to the fork. Um, so yep. uh, the food product's going to be there. Uh, just uh, hang tight and right. you'll be all right. Right. Well, Les, you do me a favor. You tell your brothers and sisters out there on the road to keep on rocking and we're we're behind you 100%. And lastly, I just got to gotta tell you, I got to thank you, Les. Uh, folks, Les has, has been a Facebook connection for quite a while and sends me some of the coolest pictures of things you see, you have a great eye for unique farm tractors and things out there, Les. So you keep uh, you keep sending me those pictures, buddy. Will do, Pete. Thank you for your hard work too. All right, next let's go to a conversation with my good friend Matt Maring with Maring Auction Company out of Kenyon, Minnesota. So Matt has been right in the middle of what's been happening here this you know the month of March, 2020. Matt had. You know, a couple farm auctions the last uh, part of the month. Uh, we were actually going to film one for our TV show, March 21st in Lanesboro, Minnesota, for Wayne and Kathy Haug, but we had to pull back. And, uh, and again, as the restrictions were coming down for the virus, uh, they went ahead with the sale and had online bidding. And Matt was one of the auctioneers that was able to waive the online buyer's fee, which made a huge difference. But We'll talk to Matt about that sale and another sale he had March 27th that were both gangbusters. Hey, folks, want to welcome our guest, Matt Maring, auctioneer with uh, Maring Auction Company up the road here in Kenyon, Minnesota. Matt, thanks for joining us. Hey, no problem. Thanks uh, thanks for talking with us, uh, Greg, and uh, always uh, enjoy visiting with you. Yeah, well, you have been, as always, been very busy here this spring, Matt. Uh, just curious, I know you had a couple just gangbuster farm auctions uh, the last couple weeks uh, with with the virus issue that have had to shift to online only. Um, 
One was, let's see, it was March 21st in Lanesboro and then March 27th in Lonsdale. Is that correct, Matt? That is correct, yep. Uh, both of them, uh, farm, farmers retiring, rented out their land, and uh, both of them had just exceptional line of machinery from beginning to end. Yeah, I know we were planning to film your auction the uh, 21st in Lanesboro. I felt terrible we couldn't get out and do that. Uh, you know, through this whole thing, uh, if that's the worst thing that happens, we can always go out and film another one again. And, and uh, thank the good Lord, uh, these uh, sales have been going so great. I mean, it's a strong market throughout the whole whole United States as far as farm machinery goes, and especially good, clean, late model farm machinery. And Thank God that we have uh, online bidding platforms. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, the, the Lanesboro auction, Matt, I was just looking this morning at some of the numbers again that you got on that sale. And again, Wayne and Kathy just had exceptionally clean equipment. But that John Deere 8235R, 700 yeah. and some hours, you got 150000 for that. That's the highest price I'd seen in over five years on that on that model. That, that was, I mean, that was really strong. <laughs> And, and, you know, uh, these, these farmers, the, the farmers will always make something happen and make it work, whatever they're dealt with. And uh, if they see an opportunity, whether it be my auction or another farm auction, to buy low-houred equipment that uh, you can call just modern late model, you know, right. and that they can buy it at their price is an absolute auction, of course. Right. And uh, it creates a lot of interest. Yeah, you think uh, even through this, the... the the uh, fact that, uh, you know, in challenging times uh, with the high cost of new, it makes that, like that 8235R, seven years old, 700 hours, that kind of shines like a beacon to, to potential buyers, it does. doesn't it? it? It does. And and that, that particular piece and this hillside combine, which is, they're, they're harder to find now, and his semi-tractor, they all kind of feed off each other and, and create a, a large amount of interest. I mean, we had over 48,000 views on his auction alone wow. just through, just through proxy bid just wow. through proxy bid and we had about 90,000 through our uh, our webpage so it, you're covering the internet is, is sure taking a hold and grabbing a hold right now and uh, more so than ever and uh, we had a few people at the at both auctions that just wanted to come uh, a couple of them did bid we Mm-hmm. We kind of changed practices. We didn't give out bidding numbers, so there's no line at our at our office trailer, and we issued a, issued them a bidding number kind of electronically with the cell phones. You right. know, so there was no close contact, and they they all stood there six to maybe ten feet away. But the, for the most part, the activity was strong on both the internet, and we had some phone bidding too there that right. was strong. Well, Matt, what was that like? I mean, as this was unfolding the past month here, almost hour by hour, day by day, uh, you got these big sales coming up. I mean, you're basically, I mean, it's their these folks' uh, retirement. I mean, it's a yeah, huge, it's huge deal. All the pressure yeah. of delivering. What was that like? Switching, well, switching. We did a lot of handholding, and uh, more so than we probably ever have in the forty years. Uh, you know, they were calling us; we were calling them. Uh, reassuring them uh, that they, you know, especially dealing with the gentlemen that are retiring, uh, you know, they, they just got used to this internet probably the last 10 years and can navigate through it, but probably didn't do any buying or even any bidding on a, on any type of online platform. So yes, they were worried. 
and uh, we calmed them down, and they realized it was the closer it got to auction day, the amount of phone traffic they had. You know, we'd uh-huh. come down there, and I'd show them on my phone, look at here, we have 38,000 people viewing your auction on our on our, on proxy bid. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we show them on our webpage, too. Look at there, we got 80-some thousand right now viewed, viewed your auction. So it's been exposed to the eyes of the people that need to see it. Right. Well, and you, you guys, uh, Mirroring Auction, have been, you were one of the early adopters with online bidding way back, Matt, so I, I'm sure that, that helped in the process, calming folks down, getting them to trust that uh, the yeah. buyers are still going to be there? Yeah, it, it did, you know, and, uh, you know, deep down in, uh, I was nervous too, but I, I knew we had a strong market throughout the whole United States on farm equipment. I talked to uh, many auctioneers throughout the Midwest, and, and you know, they give me the reports from their sale and it was, it was strong numbers. Right. Has there been, uh, I've been hearing reports of auctioneers, uh, you know, in the middle of this ongoing situation, really reaching out, talking to each other, sharing information. Has that really, uh, been something yeah. going on and been helpful? You, you have to, because there again, you know, uh, these farmers, they call you up, they, they list an auction with you <clears throat> and you have to explain the mechanics of an auction to them. And a lot of them, a lot of them do know how they work very, very well. Others do not. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, you know, you just have to explain to them how they all work and assure them and everything else as far as that goes. But, uh, the online has just been a, a great tool, uh, for any auctioneer. And, uh, I know we, I have an, uh, older auctioneer that I respect very well. Um, he had a, a nice little sale booked uh, to the north of us mm-hmm. and he does not have online platform. And last night I was up there and I listed their auction and I called the old guy up and I said, why don't you come on up and help? Mm-hmm. You know, cause he had it all contracted and everything else. But like he said, I, I don't do any online bidding. Ah, okay. And, uh, you know, he, he was a friend of these people, but they were concerned too, and they understood that they needed an online platform right. now more so than ever. So mm. it was a win-win situation there too. Interesting. Now, Matt, you've got a couple uh, nice sales coming up here in the next week or so. April eighth, I think. By is that your next one? That's our next one. Yes, and it's down by Mapleton. Uh, Brian and and uh, Debbie Jager and uh, full line of machinery, John Deere machinery that exceptionally clean. And uh, Brian and Debbie have retired. They sold their building site, which had a nice modern hog operation on it and a good uh, grain setup, and sold it to a young neighbor boy. And uh, oh, they did it through the awesome. first time home by our farm buyers, you know. So it was a lot of paperwork and a lot of time. But um, oh, that's awesome. But glad to see that. And, and just a good line of machinery, good line of machinery. And We've been getting a lot of calls, and I mean, we get calls. It's you know, it used to be if you had a call from a hundred miles away, wow, that's interesting. Well, like last Friday on the Sheox sale, yep. we sent the tractor to uh, New York. We sent the tractor to Pennsylvania, wow. and uh, you know, we have truckers on our webpage that they can go contact and everything else. And and uh, in fact, Jim actually drove the combine that we had the sale for. They asked him if they'd drive it down. To northern Iowa, and I oh. met Jim on the road yesterday with it, so uh, it was kind of a, a, a good good deal there. Jim says I get to drive my combine one last time for a long time. So. Nice. Which of the I'm looking at the tractor list from that March 27th sale. Which tractor went to New York? Was that the John Deere 8630 or the 8360R? 80, uh, 8630. 86. Okay, gotcha. And, and then, they were bidding on the 80, 86 or 90, 8630T, 8, you know, okay. too, as well. 
right? And then you have another sale as an April 11th coming up too, man. Another farm April auction. 11th, yeah, the Roan brothers up uh, up uh, northwest of Northfield. Uh, two uh, brothers on on their home farm there, and uh, they again uh, rented the farmland out to a neighboring young young gentleman, and they're at retirement age plus, and uh, got a we got a nice line, smaller line of equipment, kind of. A, they've got a Case IH 140 tractor there with pretty low hours, 1500 hours on it, and that's kind of the highlight. And then they also got a Sterling uh, single axe steel green box truck with an automatic diesel. And that thing has just been, we get four to five calls every day. We have since we posted it on the internet from wow. all over. And Matt, your guys' website, just if people are familiar around the country, MaringAuction.com? That is correct. That is correct. Okay. Well, Matt, I really appreciate getting your feedback these last couple of sales. Just curious on how it's been as an auction here to deal with these changes. And, uh, yeah, we'll work through the the virus thing here and uh we'll do it yep man we got a lot of sales out in the summer and everything else and and we just got a lot of retirement sales which is always fun uh, right. uh they usually have some good clean equipment but uh again as an auctioneer uh greg we cannot thank you enough for what you do i use your web page every day every day uh every day. well thanks matt and thank you for your help all these 30 years uh one of my all-time favorites buddy you you do a tremendous job and uh, thank you for your help and delivering for people when uh, for both buyers and sellers doing a great job out there. And, uh, and that's that's what we like because if we got a happy buyer and a happy seller, that makes a happy auctioneer. You bet. Well, we'll talk to you soon, Matt. Thanks again. Take care. Stay healthy. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you later. As I said before, folks, one of the uh, we're starting to get some hot spots with the virus popping up in rural America. You know, there's a feeling that all oh, this will stay in the cities. We don't have to worry about it. That whole thing. Well, that's changing quickly. And right down the road from me, down I-90 here in Fairmont, Minnesota, south-central part of the state, uh, they've had a, a, an outbreak. I think they've had nine positive cases here in the last week or so. And now we're going to have a conversation with my friend Kevin Kaler with Auctioneer Alley out of Fairmont, Minnesota. Kevin's been in the business, used to be in the farm equipment business many years, so... We'll get Kevin's take on uh, what he's seeing over there in Fairmont, Minnesota. Okay, folks, I want to welcome our next guest, uh, Kevin Kaler with Auctioneer Alley, Auctioneer Alley Live. Kevin, uh, down in Fairmont, Minnesota. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for, for, having, for having me. You know, Kevin, I gosh, I picked up my Sunday Minneapolis Star Tribune, our, our big daily paper here Sunday, and I read the story about Martin County there around Fairmont. Gosh, I didn't realize... And like nine cases of uh, the virus here just uh, diagnosed like last week or so. Is that right? Yeah, we're kind of the epic center of uh, southern Minnesota. <laughs> wow. Well, that's, and if people don't know, Fairmont, of course, great farm country there, great black dirt. Kevin, you've been in the auction business and we're in the dealer business for, gosh, how far back did the family go? Oh, I think we've been in, we've been farming for 50 years and the auction, the, the auction business for about 50 years and the, 20 years okay okay well now what what's the vibe around fairmont and fairmont is that still like the ten thousand people or twelve thousand something like that nine thousand yeah, yeah about ten or twelve thousand people basically very ag orientated okay community um i think people are concerned i think we're all you know maybe took the virus a little lighter to start with and mm-hmm. when it hits that close to home it, it you definitely take it very serious right right i i did see there was a I think just one, is it one fatality so far? It was an older gentleman, a really yeah. well-known guy uh, I, in town? I believe so. It was an elderly person that had some 
some pre-existing conditions. Sure, yes. sure. Well, we hope you guys all stay safe there. And I was just curious, again, out in farm country, is this, you know, a case where it, it, it hits a farming community like this? Again, I suppose tough to talk other than texting and cell phone to, to talk to your neighbors, huh? Yeah, there isn't the, the friendly uh, stop, drive-by, stop-by, how's things going. Um, it is, you know, it is our life has changed. Right. Um, we had a, we even had a, 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 a family member that had passed away, and, you know, there's no funeral, there's no... Oh, gosh. There's no get-together right. with a family. It's just, it's, it's kind of surreal, it really is. Right, um, right. Yep. Well, Kevin, again, we, we hope you guys all uh, be well down there, be careful and safe. And now I, on the auction side, uh, gosh, busiest time of the year. You guys, have, like all auctioneers, have had to scramble through this these changes. I see you guys have a, a sale coming up a, a week from today. Uh, it's Tuesday, April 8th. Is that right? Or Wednesday, April 8th? Wednesday, Wednesday April 8th, yeah. Okay. And I noticed yeah, we're uh, having a we're having a retirement uh a partial retirement dispersal for Scott Sanders and his wife by St. James. Okay. And of course, of course it's all online. Right. Um, and for people, a, for you guys, they go auctioneeralleylive.com? Correct. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Scott has some very nice, uh, uh, cat tractors that are, that he's owned for a long time. And he's got a, uh, one owner DB, uh, 44, uh, John Deere CCS planter. That's really nice. So, that has kind of lower acres on it. Did I catch that on the yes, sale bill? Yeah, low acre, lower acre planter that he bought new. So yeah, very, very nice planter. Yeah. Okay, and then the the two cats. One's an eighty five D, and then a forty five. Is that correct? Yeah, a forty five, and then there's some other tractors. There's some other consigned stuff on the sale. And, okay. And Scott has a forty four forty zone for a long time. But, okay. But that, that's kind of the end of our sales. Uh, next Saturday or uh, next Wednesday is kind of the end, and then it'll start in July again for us. Okay. What's your take on how the auction industries had to roll with the punches and, and kind of keep things going here, Kevin? You know, what's what's amazing is that uh, the online is, you know, has really went well mm-hmm. the last um, 30 days. Um, it's, I think, you know, I, I wonder if it does, is it going to change the industry um, mm-hmm. faster than what I probably would have thought six months ago. Right. And, and, we're, and we're surprised, you know, that values are hanging in there for everything that's going on. Uh, right. Values have been hanging really strong. So right. uh, we've been very happy with what we've seen the last 30 days. Well, Kevin, you guys always do a fantastic job over there. You guys, and I'm, I, I know you know this, Kevin, but you still have my all-time favorite auction that I ever attended. Uh, what was that, like December 10th, 2010, when that blizzard? Yeah, I believe it. I remember your post because I think you had a snowdrift inside your room, didn't you? <laughs> I did at the Holiday Inn in Fairmont, there, right by what's the restaurant, right? Uh, the... Yeah, I, I remember the picture. I think you have, you have 18 inches of snow on the inside of your room. So <laughs> I was looking at a picture last night from that sale, Kevin, and you had snow in your eyebrows and in your hat, and but you guys like always uh, got the job done. Fantastic sale, and uh, again, glad to hear your voice, Kevin, and. Here you guys are hanging in there over on Fairmont. Wish uh, wish people well for us, and uh, thank you for the update. Yeah, thank you, Greg, for your time. And lastly, folks, let's uh, get the farm equipment dealer's perspective here on March 2020, what's been happening. Uh, we will talk to my good friend Kurt Miller with Heritage Equipment down out of St. Joe, Missouri. Okay, folks, now I want to welcome our guest, our next guest, Kurt Miller, Director of Used Equipment Remarketing for Heritage Tractor down out of St. Joe, Missouri. Kurt, thanks for uh, joining us. You bet. Thank you. 
Kurt, we're just trying to kind of go around the uh, spectrum of the egg world here and get a sense what's been happening uh, last few weeks, month of March here with the virus situation. And on the dealership front, uh, Heritage Tractor, you guys have quite a footprint there. What, 22 stores in like, what is it, five state territory? That's correct, yeah. It's 22 locations. Uh, we have stores in uh, Missouri, Kansas, and Arkansas. And then we have um, area, a trade area in um, them states along with Nebraska and Oklahoma. Okay. I've been seeing a lot of notes on Twitter from dealers, Kurt, regarding parts. Obviously, it's a very busy time of year for farmers. They need, you know, they rely on you guys to keep them running. How have you guys handled the 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 part situation here this month? Yeah, great question. Uh, well, our our team is doing a great job. I mean, they're, uh, you know, you talk about the frontline employees. They're on the front line, um, keeping America going for sure. And so we're we're definitely grateful for each employee, but we're really focusing on our customer portal. Um, so we've been, we've had our customer portal out there for a year or so, and um, we're just really, really advertising that up because your customer can call, obviously, and we can get your parts, take it out to your curbside, or you can go right onto our portal online, order your parts, pay for them, and bring them out to the, put them out there at the curbside, and, you know, they can pick them up right there, or we can ship them to you. However it, uh, however it is easiest for you, it's just, you know, um, some people go online and shop online or grocery shop online, and right. so it's really the same concept. Okay. And that, again, your portal, that's on your website. And that, what is the website again? It's heritagetractor.com. Is that right, Kurt? Yep, heritagetractor.com. Okay. So you guys, with the portal, you were a little bit ahead of the game there. With on the servicing on the parts. Now, what I'm just curious on the physical reality in the dealerships, in the store, uh, what have you guys, steps have you taken to just, I suppose, enforce the social distancing aspect? Yeah, great question. So, obviously, the key is to keep everybody safe. And so, um, our stores have set up um, what we call boundaries or barriers there at the parts counter, six foot apart. We've used, you know, John Deere sent us flags over the years John Deere day flags we use them or you can use uh, yellow tape some of our stores use yellow um, or blue tape to kind of set that six foot boundary but we also um, you know deer dealers are helping each other and, and our good friends at Prairie Land Partners helped us out they, they came up with the idea that they call them a basically a um, sneeze protector it's a plexiglass that you can put right up in front of your um, parts computer and um, it can protect your parts people so so hmm. we're doing them things okay okay very cool uh, how about the other aspects of the business uh, again very busy time of year so on the service side and then on the sales side is that just straight kind of social distance and following uh, state and federal guidelines yep following the federal guidelines state and federal guidelines for sure on the sales side you know we're encouraging um the customers, you know, call and make an appointment if that's what's best for you. Um, obviously, our, you know, stores are, are open um, for, for walk-in traffic or, or however you want to visit visit the stores. Um, but uh, we do have some customers that have wanted to come in after hours to look at a lawn tractor or, a, uh, you know, a piece of equipment. And so 
we are definitely doing that as well. Uh, we're just asking for, you know, if you want that call for um, an appointment, we can do that as well. Um, and then on the service side, you know, we're just really asking customers to call in and, um, you know, set that appointment up over the phone. And, and obviously we can um, service your equipment on your farm or we can set up a uh, one of our truck drivers to come pick it up and bring it into the store as well. Okay. Well, now, next question, Kurt. I mean, you're a used equipment remarketer. You've been dealing with used equipment, moving it quickly. Um, and you're as plugged in as anybody I know in the industry. I'm just curious what you've seen with all the question marks through the month of March for you guys with 22 stores over your wide footprint. How do you think the used market has been an activity here the last month? Yeah, great question. I just pulled the numbers there um, for March. Our March numbers, as far as used equipment goes, we sold March. We sold more um, used equipment in March of this year, March 2020, than we did in March of 2019. Mm. So we, we sold more used. Um, obviously, um, we'll see what happens here in April and, and moving forward. But I think it just shows the farmers continue. You know, they they're going to continue to buy and um, continue to do business and feed the world. And uh, we just got to be there for them. Right. You bet. Well, that's interesting. Up 5% kind of jives with what we're seeing on the auction market. Uh, good condition used, still holding its value real well. Uh, any other adjustments, Kurt, just in terms of, uh, you know, I grew up as a little kid. My dad was a dealer, and I know small-town rural America, John Deere stores are like the, I mean, that's, shoot, it's, it's where we gather and, and talk and catch up. Have folks been able to adjust to the new realities, or has that been kind of hard? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think everybody's starting to understand, you know, how, how real this deal is and how serious it is, you know, for everybody. And, you know, we've done some things, obviously the coffee pot, you know, you know, took the coffee pot down, popcorn machines, you know, we, we took them off the showroom floor and any, any seats that were available for anybody just to kind of congregate around, just not that we don't want customers um, doing business with us, but we just want to protect the customer and the employees for sure. And, and, uh, you know, just to make everybody aware of, of the situation and, and all of us to get through this together for sure. Right. Well, that's good stuff, Kurt. I appreciate your insight. And not to put you on the spot here, buddy, but I know you're a strong man of faith. Just curious if you'd have any words to to our farm audience about, uh, you know, dealing with this situation. Yeah, I uh, appreciate that. You know, um it's interesting. Uh, we we came. We actually came back from Minnesota right when this thing was um, getting kind of uh, you know really heightened in mm-hmm. the news media. And you know, my wife and I we were talking, and of course had the kids in the back of the you know in the back seat of the pickup, and they were it was about five and a half six hour drive. So we was driving back and discussing the situation, and and uh, as we got closer to home, we started talking about. Um, the need for, you know, others. Obviously, probably most of us have a roof over our head, food on the table. Obviously, some of us are, you know, some of some people are out of work. Um, we understand that and understand what that's going to look like. And, you know, I, I think uh, my 10-year-old daughter, she just really tugged at my heartstrings. And it really, I'm honestly still trying to figure out what I can do to be more like her. She, uh, as we were riding back into St. Joe, where, where we, where we live, you know, she, uh, we were talking about the needy, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. there's always, there's always more people that, 
that uh, need things than we do. And so you take you take homeless, and you know th- they're still in need, and they need uh, food and shelter, and right. and and so my wife and I was just discussing it. To be honest with you, the kids were kind of in and out of sleep, and when we pulled back into St. Joe, my ten-year-old daughter, we stopped at our uh, the stop sign there, the stoplight, and. Uh, and this is just how my ten-year-old daughter is. She's got the heart of her mom, and and she uh, she said, "Mom, I've got about thirty dollars left in my wallet mm. from vacation." She said, "That man needs to eat. Can can mm. I give that to him?" And mm. obviously, as a dad and a mom, we're just like, "Wow, you know, that's uh, you know, we're all worried about you know the big picture here." And this guy on the street is just, he just needs to eat today. And right. so, yeah, hey, you, you don't want to stop your 10-year-old daughter from giving from her heart. So, right. honestly, she she uh, she gave what she had left from her vacation money. And, and uh, I'm thinking to myself, the rest of the way home, which we were basically in St. Joe, I thought, wow, how can I be more like her? I mean, that's, and I think that's the message, you know, and my, my encouragement to everybody out there is, who can you help? We can't help everybody, but we can help one person, right? right. Make a difference, right? Oh, that's beautiful, Kurt. Thanks for sharing that story, and God bless your daughter. That's uh, the children will lead the way. That's uh, that's fantastic. Well, you stay stay well down there, my friend. Thank you for giving us the update, and uh, hopefully, I'll be down that way soon and uh, catch up with you again, Kurt. You bet. Thanks for everything you do, Greg. Appreciate it. So, folks, I think that's. Uh, kind of the perfect way to end this podcast with the wise words and actions of Kurt Miller's 10-year-old daughter, Leah Miller. Had $30 left from their vacation up to Minnesota, saw a guy in the street who needed a meal, and she asked, and she gave him what she had. So in this time, let's uh, let's be kind to each other, and as I said last time, let's let's reach out. Look at the contact list in your cell phone. People you haven't talked to for a year or two, six months, shoot them a text. Give them a call. Let them know you're thinking about them. And uh, we'll get through this. And uh, again, thank you for joining us. And remember, until next time, every day is a gift and a blessing.